Welcome to the Psych 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Maxwell, and I'm here to help you understand your mind and mood in order for you to really live the life that you're meant to live. Today, we're talking about something that holds so many people back, and that is anxiety and specifically panic attacks. Now, panic attacks, if you've never had one, are awful. They're terrible. They're one of the worst things I've ever experienced, and I dealt with clinical medical depression for four years. Panic attacks are very simple. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of myths out there. A lot of people just think, oh, this person's overreacting or freaking out. No, this is due to that clinical diagnosis, right? Usually anxiety and and depression. Panic attacks are kind of coexist with depression. And your brain thinks is tricked into thinking that it's under attack. So it responds, right? And you have your three modes of the way people respond when they're under attack. You have fight, flight. The one that most people don't really go over is freeze. And you'll see that in like in animals, especially like in small animals, like maybe rabbits, like just freezing, you know, in the foliage trying to blend in. And so that's where you see kind of in nature. Fun fact for today. With anxiety, you respond in kind. You respond as if you were going to die. You feel as if you are about to die. It's terrible. And many people actually go to the hospital because they think they're having a heart attack, where in reality, it's it's their mind. It's their mind playing tricks on them. This is due to a chemical imbalance, which is important to remember because this person can't control this. <laughs> this person is not choosing to have this. This person isn't just an overactive person or a dramatic person. And so that's why this is caused. No. Not at all. And according to statistics, according to the uh, National Alliance for Mental Illness, NAMI, one in five, one in five of people suffer from anxiety. And I know personally, um, many, 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 many of the people that I know suffer from anxiety, suffer from panic attacks. And I mean, that's just in my own life. So the problem is that you might not know that someone's suffering from panic attacks because they hide it because of that stigma, that shame of mental illness. We don't want that. The first thing to do when, if you want to help somebody with panic attacks is to kind of let them know that you're there for them. Now, this can take in many forms. This can take in the form of maybe sharing this video on social media and being, hey, if you ever, if you ever suffer from a panic attack, I'm here for you. That's something you can do. Or it could simply come up in conversation like, wow, I just learned a lot about what panic attacks are. You know, have you ever felt this? Because I know I haven't. I haven't. But apparently a lot of people do. You know, it's things like that. It's broaching the conversation. You know, it's whether using this video or using me as a scapegoat and saying, well, I heard from this guy. He said this, you know, instead of you just out of the blue randomly shouting, you know, does anyone have panic attacks? We don't want that. No, we don't. Broaching the subject. That's the first step in helping someone overcome it. And when it comes to actually, actually overcoming panic attacks, let me tell you this. You aren't going to like it. And I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. Is that you, you can't stop panic attacks from happening from happening, especially because here's here's what happens in the course of a panic attack. I want you to help understand this and understand why you do not have power over it as a friend. 
someone starts having a panic attack. Let's say you're with them. Let's say, you know, you're just, you know, you're with one other person and they start, you know, freaking out, freaking out. They start their breaths. They can't catch their breath. They can't think. They can't move. Their hearts are beating. Then they, you know, they go into panic. You being a well-meaning person, a person that wants to do good, a person that wants to help them. Your first reaction is, how do I stop this? That's the wrong response because nothing you do is going to just stop it. It's not how it works. Trust me, I hate saying that, but it's the truth. And I'm not going to lie to you about this because I actually want you to do some good in the world. You can't stop it. What you can do is you can help them through it. Because some panic attacks can last for an hour or more. Some don't. Maybe 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, right? Usually, though, you'll see panic attacks happening between 30 minutes and maybe even an hour and a half. It's a long process. And so what you can do, you don't have to say words of wisdom that are going to heal them or, you know, do something that's going to make them not feel this way anymore. What you simply can do, the best thing you can do I mean, usually in most people, some people, right, they, just, they have, have different ways of experiencing this. For most people, the best thing you do is just hold them. I remember one of my friends, one of, one of my best friends, I was having a panic attack on a plane. We were in the air. We've been in the air for like 10 hours. And I just start, I just start, I feel the symptoms coming on and I tell him, I'm having a panic attack. I'm having a panic attack. I'm having a panic attack. And Right? He didn't he didn't know he didn't he didn't know what to do with he just grabbed my hand and said, just squeeze my hand. Just squeeze squeeze my hand. Squeeze my hand, bro. And you know, I was just had his hand, just squeezing his hand. Right. And I try to feel sorry for him right now. But it was something like that just that physical contact of having something steady, something solid to hold on to while you're in this confusion and this mess that's going on in your head. Having something physical to hold on to can be so powerful. That's the first action I want you to take. See what, you know, just be there, be there, be there. You're not going to stop this, but maybe you can help them through it. You can be there with them through it so they don't have to feel alone. So it doesn't go on longer than it has to be, right? Maybe you can help reduce the time. Maybe you can help them feel better while they're in it. Reduce the symptoms, maybe just a little bit. That's what you can do. That's what you can do. Another, some other things, some other tips um, that have helped some people I know have kind of helped me and you know, other people I've talked to is um, I know some people find help with counting breaths. And this kind of goes on the, the same thing, um, whereas you are you know, holding on to something physical, something real. And also it doubles as helping you control your breath because, like I said, it's hard to catch your breath when you're in the midst of a panic attack. So being able to say... One, two, you know, try trying to breathe deep, control your breath, clear your mind, you know, focus on something so your brain isn't going in that spiral that is going in right now because that's what's happening. Trying to defuse that. What you're trying to do is defuse the situation, trying to help control it, not just stop it because that's not going to happen. Again, I feel like I need to say that 20 more times because it took me forever to realize this. When I was learning about panic attacks, when I was really starting to help people through the actual, like through the panic attack, being there with them. I've sat outside of a talk with somebody who had social anxiety and they asked me to talk to me outside because they couldn't handle the crowd. 
And I sat with this, you know, maybe 13 year old girl for about half an hour and just sat there and sat there and sat there and sat there. I didn't really say anything. I just sat there. And then once she calmed down, then we were able to talk. That's what a panic attack is. And really, you're going to find different ways of helping yourself through them. And you're going to find ways to help prevent them. Because that's the other part of this, is that you can prevent these. <laughs> that is possible. And that can keep come in many forms. Of course, medication is going to be key in this because that will help balance those chemicals that are being off balance. Um, therapy, talking, talking to a therapist about you know what you're experiencing during that time and what you can do about it. Um, or right, inviting your friend to talk to a therapist or encouraging them to, them to take their meds to prevent though what really what you can do as a friend is ask them you know and or see even just notice like because sometimes you just notice this or you can ask them like when do you have panic attacks why where like get the get see like if there is a common denominator here and remember you're not trying to heal them you're just trying to help them out you're not trying to heal them see if there's a common denominator like, questions I'll ask is like, oh, you had a panic attack at a party. Did that happen at the last party you went to? Or you had a panic attack when you were around this person? Or at this time during the day? Or maybe when before a test? Or maybe during lunch? Like, see, this is just questions that I asked that really helped me establish, okay, this is what I can do. This is what I can do for you. Because let's say that you get anxiety during parties. That sucks. Because obviously, you want to hang out with friends. <laughs> but... But maybe you just need to sacrifice a little and say, hey, I know you can't, you can't go to the party tonight. You want to hang out instead? You want to you like do something, right? You want to go like get coffee or I don't know, like something. Actually, coffee is not the best for anxiety. Don't do that. But, you know, you want to you hang out instead, you know, maybe watch a movie. That's something that as a friend you can do. And that requires, yes, maybe a little bit of sacrifice. But the thing is that it's a little bit of sacrifice for so much good. And I'm not saying... I'm not saying that you give up everything in your life to help the other person. <laughs> that will destroy you and you won't be able to help anybody. On the same token, you know, find ways and say, hey, you know, maybe I can do this. It won't cause me much harm, right? It's a small sacrifice that I can give up, right? Not going to one party. I can, I can give that up for you because you're my friend and I care about you. Not only does that help them avoid the situation, but also shows them how much you care about them. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Psych 101 podcast. Remember, I would greatly appreciate a review on iTunes. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want me to talk about next, what guests you want me to have on, and all that stuff. This is for you, and I'll make sure I'm giving you the best value possible. And remember, as always, be in the shame and stay in the shame. <laughs>